Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. What a mighty God. Come on. Hallelujah. <laughs> no matter how wonderful you think he is, he's better than that. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, what a wonderful morning. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Man, test out a new Bible this morning with little print. <laughs> so we wouldn't be all challenged this morning. <laughs> Second Peter chapter one. Second Peter chapter one. Hallelujah. <laughs> Told y'all, God's up to something. Two verses this morning. Verse 10 says this. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. Then verse 11 says, for so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I want to talk to you this morning on this thought. Confirming your calling. Confirming your calling. Amen? Come on, you can be seated. Now, most people would think that you don't need a message dealing with calling or confirming a call. But the truth of the matter is that most of us who say that we've been called don't really know what that means. Amen. And then when we say that we are called, we always put a name to what we're called to do. Amen. <clears throat> so today we want to try to clarify some of the misconceptions around this teaching. Now, Peter uses an analogy in verses uh, 5 through 9. He talks about climbing up this ladder of virtues, getting higher and higher with each one. And what we told you is that these virtues are not necessarily in the order that they're written as far as the way that they affect your life. But, but you will have to hit each rung on that ladder at some point in time. <clears throat> now, it's interesting that when Peter uses the analogy of climbing the ladder, uh, he, he, he makes reference to something that we, I think we're familiar with, uh, Jacob's ladder. Y'all remember that? Do you actually know what that is? <laughs> In Genesis chapter 28, Genesis chapter 28, uh, if, you, if you recall the story, uh, Jacob was sleeping and he's had a dream. Amen. Amen. Well, let's just take a minute. Uh, Genesis chapter 28. 
Bible says in verse 10, it says, Now Jacob went out from uh, Beersheba and went to Haran. It says, So he came to a certain place and stayed there all night because the sun had set. And he took one of the stones of that place and put it at his head. And he lay down in that place to sleep. Amen. The Bible says, Then he dreamed, and behold, a ladder was set up on the earth, <clears throat> and, its, and its top reached to heaven. And there were angels of God, uh, and, and there angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac, the land which you lie, uh, I will give you and your descendants. Now, uh, the analogy here is that angels were ascending and descending on this ladder, and God was at the top of the ladder, which is an indication of the prayers that we send up and the fulfillment of those prayers coming down. Amen? Are you seeing it? The Bible says that God was at the top, and then at the at the end, the Bible says that when God spoke, he spoke a promise. Amen. <clears throat> I said when God spoke. Are y'all with me? So the Bible, and, 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 and I'll, I'll teach that at some point in time. Uh, but for right today, let's just stick with, <laughs> with Peter's analogy of the latter. He says that that you have to ascend that ladder of virtues if you expect to reach the kingdom. And that's, that's what he's saying. He's saying that you have to do these things. Amen? Now, notice something here. Uh, Lord, I'm about to get off one more time. Whew. I might as well do all my getting off before I get going, right? <laughs> Paul, uh, uh, Peter teaches us that we have to, we have to be able to function in all three dimensions of the kingdom if we're going to be successful. Uh, what he's saying basically to us is that when we build these virtues one upon the other, the Bible says that uh, we know that we've been called. We understand that. Everybody here knows that they've been called. But what we need to understand is that uh, we are called to fulfill a specific purpose. And that call is, is for us to feel that purpose in all three dimensions. The Bible says that the, all of those dimensions are found in his love. Amen. Are you with me here? The first dimension, of course, is the love that we have for God and for God's people. We call that fellowship with God. And then we have a second dimension where uh, we love our neighbors. That's called communion or community love. And then the Bible says that there's a third dimension of that love. And that third dimension of love, the Bible says, is where we love those people who are in the world. In other words, we evangelize the world for Christ. So we have to love in the heavenlies. huh? We have to love across our communities, and we have to love those who are on 
lovable. Amen. Amen. So when we understand what, what Peter is saying, then we understand why he admonishes us here, that we have to keep climbing this ladder of virtues, and he says that we should not let our faith be idle. Because he says that it, that is the one certain thing that we have, that as we exercise our faith, it gets stronger. Amen. Amen? So if we look at uh, Matthew chapter 22 and verse 14, the Bible says, for many are called, but few are chosen. Amen? And we understand this, that, that when God calls you, now this is where we get the distinction. When God calls you, it is his invitation. But your election is your choice. Are you understanding this? When he says make your calling and election sure, if he calls you, the call is always for salvation. But your election, of course, is to accept the call. And in so doing, then you realize his purpose, his purpose for you in the kingdom. Y'all still here. So the Bible says that you have to make your call and election sure. Now, Peter will use these words interchangeably sometimes because he assumes that by us telling you about these virtues that you accepted the invitation. Amen. Are you following? Amen. You. <laughs> Woo. Now, when I said accept, because a lot of people get invited to stuff that they don't show up for. <laughs> That's why they came up with that RSVP. That's French for something that sounds like something you ought to eat. <laughs> Amen. I used to know what that meant, but you know it didn't mean that much to me, so... <laughs> So the Bible says this. He says, the more we know about any subject, the better we are prepared to deal with that subject. And you know that that is a problem for us in life. Oh, it got real quiet. The more you know about life, the better you can live life. You can enjoy it more. Come on. Amen. The Bible says to him... It shall be uh, that has, it shall be given. Luke uh, chapter uh, 19, verse 26, he replied, I tell you that everyone who has, more will be given. But as for the one who has nothing, even what he has will be taken away. That's the NIV version, okay? But King James says this in verse 8, 18 says, therefore consider how uh, uh, carefully you listen. Whoever... Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have even what he has or what he thinks he has is what the Bible says will be taken from him. That's why you have to grow in knowledge. That's why you have to excel in whatever you do, because the more you get, the more you can get. The more you are prepared to receive, the more you can receive. Amen. It's like somebody 
winning the lottery. I hate to use that analogy with you all, but anyway, <laughs> that's a joke. But if a person wins $100 million today, most people that I'm looking at are ill-prepared to receive it. Amen. You'd be broken six months. Now somebody say, well, that's, that's impossible. $100 million? I can live the rest of my life. No, there's folks out there that will take every penny of it. Amen. And when you finish, you'll end up owing the government. You will. Because you're not prepared. So what he's saying is the more you know about any subject, the better you are to deal with that particular subject. Now, I got to go back to what I said at the beginning. Most people are not prepared for life. We live like fools most of our life. And because we live like fools, we're not prepared to do the, the, the what is it, the spiritual thing. Because we haven't done anything spiritual. Y'all, you see, because you think I'm just making up stuff. No, I'm telling you the truth, that most people solve their problems naturally, not spiritually. If you broke, you want to borrow some money. If you sick, you want somebody to give you something that make you feel better. You don't ever go to the, 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 the source. The only problem I have with borrowing money is you got to pay it back. If it wasn't for that. <laughs> so, so, come on. See, so, some of y'all need to quit. So, so Peter says here, the further we climb, the further we're able to climb. And that's true with everything, including, uh, you know, when people exercise. Now, I don't know much about that subject, but I, I've, I've heard about it. I remember. <laughs> I know, I, 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 I've heard that people who do can do more if they keep doing That's what I heard. I'm being quiet. My doctor might be listening. <laughs> you always ask the same question. Getting into exercise? I said, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I ain't lying. I'd be running my mouth. Jumping to conclusions. <laughs> so, it's not, not like, you know, I'm not doing it. Y'all, come on now. Come on. Y'all in too good a mood today. <laughs> so Paul, uh, Paul, Peter says that if you do not start to climb, that what happens is when you don't climb the ladder of virtues, that you will find yourself back where you were. 
which is really, if you have a ladder there and you don't get on the rung, you're standing right on the ground, which means that you are exactly where you were before you got saved. Now, how do I know that? Because he says you will have forgotten what Christ did in your life. Amen. And then he uses the analogy that, uh, that climbing the ladder is like being baptized, that once you get baptized, it means that you become a part of the kingdom of the church and you make some vows. And, and when you make those vows that you have to honor them, he says the same way when you come into a church, then you have to, to, to honor a commitment to that church, to whatever you do. Now, we know that most people don't maintain their commitment. Not y'all. Talking about the mother folk. And if you don't maintain a commitment to anything, then you lose your position in terms of advancing. I heard this on the news now. I heard, heard this on the news. So you know it's the truth now. No, listen, listen, listen. They were talking about unemployment. And one of these uh, employment experts came up with this knowledge. Now, you know what an expert is, right? That's a person 100 miles from home with a briefcase. He ain't got nothing in it, but it's lunch. But, but here's what the expert says. It says that the best way to succeed on a job is to stay on it. So this is not the time that you can keep changing jobs. <laughs> that if, if you, <laughs> now listen, I heard this and I fell out and said that if you want to succeed, build some seniority. Now that's not an aha moment, that's a duh moment. But in life, that's how you succeed. Stick with what works. Amen. Amen. We keep changing stuff. Lord have mercy. <sighs> I got to go off one more. One. <laughs> okay. Let me show you something in uh, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 13. 2 Corinthians chapter 13. Man, I'm telling you, this time just flies, doesn't it? Second Corinthians chapter 13. Here's what it says in uh, verse 5. Verse 5. Listen to what it says. Examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Hmm? Is that in your Bible? I don't know which version you got, but. But saints, uh, 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 saints that are doing things that are out of character for a believer has not taken time to examine themselves. Now, now here's what, here's what, here's what, this is Paul talking. Paul did not say, examine me. And see, if you ask any disaffected saint, they will tell you what I did. 
But that's not what the Bible says. Now, look, I'm going to tell you something. This is a secret. Don't share it with anybody. Whatever they're saying I did, I probably did. But it didn't say for you to examine me. Did you? I might have made a hundred mistakes. But it didn't tell you to judge me. Examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Test. Does anybody, does anybody ever take responsibility for what they're feeling? No, no, no. Listen to what I'm saying to you. If, if somebody says something that bothers me, my first question is, why did that bother me? I have to examine me. Well, that, that hurt. Well, why? Why did it hurt? There's something in me that what that person said or how they said it connected with something in me. And if I fix the thing, listen now, this ain't the lesson, but this is good teaching. If I fix the thing that bothers me, then they can't do that thing to me again. This is why we keep going around the same old spiritual mountain, because we always look at what somebody said, did to us, rather than examine ourselves and testing ourselves. Am I in the faith? Now, can I go in just, just one more on that? If I believe that when Jesus died on the cross, come on, that all my sins were forgiven and that I am a new creation and that I am no longer the person who is alive to all of that hurt, discomfort, whatever. Jesus paid it. So why is it bothering me? Because dead folk, the old man is dead are not bothered by what folks say. Oh, y'all. Hmm? Let me finish this verse. I don't leave you in the middle of a verse. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you? Oh, Lord have mercy. So you're telling me that that attack, that thing, whatever it is, that was against Jesus, not me? Hmm? It says, unless, unless, here it is, unless you are disqualified. You. I know y'all didn't know that was in the Bible. But listen to what it says. <laughs> that if you don't test yourself, 
you won't know that you're disqualified because you think it's somebody else. And what, Paul, what Peter teaches here, let's get back to the lesson. Peter says that if you are disqualified, then you don't have faith that causes you to progress. So you, you'll get on that first rung and stay right there. I'm tired. I don't feel like it. Huh? Or our best quote, I don't want to. I mean, we sound like a bunch of children. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. To fail to climb the ladder of virtue is to forget the sins of the old ways of life have been cleansed. Yeah. So he says that after baptism, look now, he says, after baptism, if you don't begin to climb, it means you've forgotten or never realized the meaning of the experience of baptism. If you are baptized into the body of Christ, listen, for every person under the sound of my voice, if you have been baptized in the body of Christ, you have a responsibility to me and I have one to you. Amen. We are connected whether you like it or not. Amen. Universally, as saints of God, we are part of the body of Christ. Are y'all still with me? Whew. So he says you fail to understand what church membership means uh, because your entry into the church should be the beginning of your climb. Now, I always say it this way. Amen. I have a strange, somebody said, a convoluted way of looking thing. If you ain't on the ladder, you can't climb. Hmm? Some folks saying, what ladder? <laughs> well, I'll just get on this bucket. I'm still reaching higher. <laughs> I just had a thought, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to leave that one alone. Whew. I got to move a little faster, y'all. So that means I'm going to have to read some of this stuff. Is that all right with y'all? You don't care, do you? As long as I get it, right? It. <laughs> to end in heaven, we must live a uh, uh, well-disciplined and approved uh, faith. The Bible teaches us that, uh, this, that, that those who live within the certainty of their call uh, ensure our election. Is, uh, uh, ensure our election. Our election, the Bible says, is not in respect to God, but in respect to our, uh, uh, to our part. In other words, the Bible says that once he says, I have called you, that's his part. He initiated the activity. But the election part is us responding to the invitation. And when we accept the invitation, that means that we have been purposed for heaven. Y'all with me here? So somebody says, well, what's my purpose? What's my purpose? Well, my purpose is to do whatever God says to do as part of building the kingdom. But I won't find that out unless I start 
to climb up. Why is that? Because if my purpose is up here and I'm still climbing here, then I don't know what it is because I haven't reached that point yet. So Romans 8, 28, and I'm going to get there in a moment, but it says all things work together. All things, not just one thing. And see, the problem is, is that you haven't completed the course. You don't have all things. It doesn't say some things work together. And we have this idea that I've done A, B, and C. Well, we go to Z in this alphabet. So it seems that our new nature uh, would overpower and completely wipe out the old nature. That's not true. Uh, actually, it's our, faith, it's our unfaithfulness that generates a sense of uncertainty, while a productive life based on Christ's standards enlarges our confidence. Wow. Let me say that again. Your uncertainty is the result of your unfaithfulness. That's why you don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know what I was called to do. Oh, you're getting quiet on me. That's all right. Yeah. But it says uh, the new creature, the new creature, creation in Christ is like an infant. He must crawl before he walks and he must walk before he can run. And, and that's the problem is that uh, when we get a call, we run with it. When we get a call, we run with it. I believe God called me into the ministry. I'm gone. See you later, Pastor. You're off running, but you have not yet learned to crawl or walk. And for everybody who takes off, let me give you this word straight from the mouth of God. You will crawl. And you will walk. He'll bring you right back. Hmm? Are you listening to me? The reason babies can't run is because the muscles aren't developed. That's why crawling does. So you're starting out ministry, but you haven't mastered salvation. Now, how do I know you don't have mastered salvation? Because I just gave it to you in 2 Corinthians 13, because you haven't examined yourself. You're still getting mad with folks. Called man of God. Doesn't get mad with everybody. So the believers assigned to a state of constant, ongoing challenges that test the quality of your gift. Now that's the whole thing. We want to know what is your gift worth anything? That that gift of, of, of salvation, is it is it really worth anything? That's why he says we have to make our call and election sure. We have to work out our salvation because if it's, if, if it's valuable, if it means something to us, then we should do something with it. 
anything that's valuable. Now, see, now most people, most people don't put their valuables on display. I know some of y'all do, but most people don't. Amen. You have your fine jewelry locked up somewhere. That's right. You don't be strolling around on the street. <laughs> <laughs> like Eli keeps his sneakers locked up. <laughs> if it's valuable. That's <laughs> <laughs> Come on, y'all. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. Huh? It's like where you put your junk in the garage and put your car outside. Oh, let me turn the page. <laughs> Car costs more than the house, but you got the junk stored in the house. Oh, somebody must have heard something. Okay, come on, y'all. Come on, I'm running out of time now. <laughs> That's funny, too. He says assurance will, will come. Uh, and you won't be derailed by inconsistencies when you follow these steps, when you add to these virtues. He says, now, uh, most people have these inconsistencies in their life because of the way that they deal with daily occurrences. Everything should not be an issue for you. Nah, that's all I'm going to say about that. The Bible says he finally grasped the reality that Christ has not only saved him, but also keeps him. See, that's got to become a realization in your life that, that he didn't just save me, but he protects me from harm. So whatever happens to me, he has to allow it. And if he allows it, he will deliver me from it. Are y'all with me? Amen. So the Bible goes on to say, and I'm going to skip some of this, uh, that we should be diligent to confirm our, our call and uh, Second Thessalonians, the scripture, let me give it to you. Second uh, Thessalonians 2, 14 says, to which he called you by our gospel for the obtaining of the glory. Oh, I got to talk about this. I got, I got. Just. See, the thing is, most people don't understand. Oh, Lord, it's going to take me more than the time I got left, but I'm going to try to squeeze this in. Most people do not understand that a calling has to come from somewhere. Nobody has ever been called by a contemporary. Amen. Okay, that, that, that don't work. That, that, let's see. Uh, captains don't call captains. Christ called us. All right? Then he did this in Ephesians chapter 4. He gave us gifts to the church who calls other people. Amen. The pattern was established 
back in uh, Exodus with Moses. Y'all stay with me for just a moment. I don't have time to, to teach it, but just, just hear me out. Moses called Aaron. God called Moses, but Moses called Aaron. Then Aaron called his sons into the priesthood. Moses called Joshua. Equals don't call equals. The calling has to come from someone who is a subordinate. Oh, I know y'all don't like this teaching. And this is the reason that most people will not receive a call because they believe that they're already called. Well, the Lord called me. What do you say? No, 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 no. Somebody has to recognize the gift in you and tell you what the Lord said. There's always got to be a superior who calls a subordinate. I know you don't like this because you don't want nobody to say, ain't nobody superior to me. Thou fool. Do you understand what I just said? You have to be called by somebody. And people and, and the churches, churches, universities are full of people who call themselves. Well, I believe the Lord laid on my heart to become. Do you understand that? Well, he laid on my heart to be a millionaire. Am I going to rob a bank? To prove a point? That's not the way it works. Whew. This is too much information for this message. No, seriously, I don't have time. I got to move on. I just, I saw that and I just, mm, ah, mm, mm. <sighs> Ephesians. <laughs> Chapter 1, verse 4, it says, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him. And look, that's what I'm called to do, Amen. to be holy and blameless before him. Oh, yeah. There's something in me that should always desire a closer walk with him. Yeah. Amen. Uh, the Bible says in John chapter 6, verse 36, uh, 37, he says, uh, all that the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me, I will by no means cast out. So you don't have to worry about losing your salvation. Now, I'll, I won't read the rest of that, but what the Bible says on one hand, the calling and election are already sure and confirmed because it's God's initiative, but he says that it's the beha believer's behavior that confirms that God called uh, call, called you by your good qualities. So if you are called, then you will start to display some of the characteristics of salvation. And if you cannot display those virtues, then you may not have been called. No, you may not have accepted. Let me make sure I get that right because I don't want you going away thinking that. You may not have accepted the call. Amen? So, let me skip down here because I'm running out of time and I've got to get to this next part. So the Bible says that believer who, who, who Peter wrote to uh, 
And by the way, look these scriptures up at your leisure, Romans 8.28, Romans 8.30, and Romans 8.33. God, I hate the time. I had... Let's look at verse 33 for just a minute. Because this right here, I ain't got time to talk about it, but just read it. It says, who shall bring a charge against God's elect? Just put that in your, put, put. Mm. Now, Peter was concerned that these false teachers were teaching a gospel that would create a problem. He said that if you are saved, this is what he was teaching now, and this is what a lot of churches teach today. If you are saved, you can live any way you want to, and there'll be no consequences because you are saved. We say, Peter contradicts us by saying, that your, your lifestyle, your faithfulness, your deeds should, be, should match your confession. Now, 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 let me tell you something, and this is why I, I say I needed to get to this, because if I don't do this, then y'all be messed up. You know, there's a doctrine out there that says, once saved, always saved. On God's side, that is the truth. Once saved, always saved. But what if I'm saved and I mess up? Now, the problem is not you messing up after you're saved. The problem, of course, is your intent. If you're really saved, then you will always want to do what God wants you to do. You may not always get to that place, but you will want to do it. When you get to the point that you want to do what the devil says, then you have to examine yourself to see if you're in the faith. Now, let me show you what I'm talking about in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Now, y'all going to have to give me at least another five more minutes to finish this. Somebody say, well, you're going to take it anyway. I ain't trying. Trying. Now, First uh, Corinthians chapter three. Are you there? Now, verse twelve says this. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation, well, let's read verse eleven because you don't know what foundation I'm talking about. It says, "For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, uh, uh, that which is laid." which is Jesus Christ. Okay, your salvation, your confession of faith, your walk of faith is based on your confession of Christ. That's the foundation. That's where you start. That's where you start to build from there. Peter says that you add to these things, that's how you continue to build. But you start with Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Then he goes on to say this. Watch this now. He says in verse 12, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or straw, each one's work will become clear. In other words, if I am building on the foundation of Jesus Christ, listen, foundation of Jesus Christ, the foundation of Jesus Christ, my work will be evident. Now, what does it mean, evident? 
It means that what I do, everybody will see and they will judge the value of what I'm doing. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? Okay, let's make it look, look clear. He says this, uh, verse 13 says, each one's work will become clear for the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire. And the fire will test each one's work, what sort of work it is. <clears throat> there are people who are saved, listen, people who are saved but not living the full life. There are people who are born again, honor their confession of Christ, but living beneath their privilege. What does that mean, beneath their privilege? That means that uh, Lot. Lot was living beneath his privilege. Okay? Some of us like hanging with certain folk. But we say we don't do what they do, but we can't stop them from doing what they do. But we still like hanging with them even though they do it. Are y'all still with me? So he goes on to say this. Verse 14 says, if anyone's work which he has built on endures, he will receive a word a reward. Okay, this is what confuses folks. He says, if you do the work, even though it's slipshod, you get a reward. Okay, let me put it to you another way. Anybody ever hired anybody to do a job and did, they did a terrible job? But you paid them anyway. Then you had to hire somebody else to do the real work. To do the real work. Yeah. That has happened to everybody, including Christ. That has happened to everybody, including Christ. He called you to do a job. He purposed something in you. He gave you all the tools, the equipment to get it done. And you did a half-stepping job. You thought I was going to say something else. Everybody waiting. You did a half-stepping job, but you still had to pay. Verse 15. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved as through fire. What is he saying? He's saying that the person who is saved, living beneath their privileges as a saint, is still saved. But when reward time comes, things change. Because the Bible says in First Second uh, Peter, it says, so an abundant entrance, a rich entrance will be granted. It didn't say you wouldn't get in, but it said you'll have to get in where you can fit in rather than getting a reward. Everybody thinks that when I die and go to heaven, I'm going to be equal. You are not. Are you equal here? 
You think things going to be different? This is it, y'all. This is what we're practicing for. So you live a lazy, fair life. You live a life where you do what you want to do when you want to do it. That's fine. But when time comes and, and it's time to hand out rewards, don't be mad with me because I get a mansion and you got to live in a pup tent. You still in heaven? And you can tell folks. That's my pastor's house over there, right? <laughs> Do y'all understand what I'm saying? So he said, y'all got all that? Let's go back to the text today. Oh, Lord. Man, this is like old times. I like being down here. But look what he says. He says this. Verse 11. For an entrance will be supplied for you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom. See, it's the word abundant that separates the saints from the can'ts. I didn't say ain'ts. Remember the other week when I told you about fire insurance? This is why you need it. So all your work, shallow, shallow slipshod, slip half-stepping, will be burned up. Amen. But you'll make it. All your good works will follow you. See, y'all don't know. You, you, you ain't responding to that like it's supposed to be. See, I'm building right now. You know, old folks used to say I'm 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 doing million mansion, sending sending up timber, what one by one. This is what you're trying to build yourself a mansion here. I don't mean uh, something that people see, but I'm talking about in your head, in your mind. I want to do what's right. Why? Because I want to know what righteousness is. So when I get to heaven, I know how to behave like a righteous person. I don't want my stuff burnt up. So when I get to heaven, I'm just barely making it and, you know, smoke still coming off me. <laughs> Are we understanding this? And this is why this is why it's so important that you have to add. You have to climb that ladder because I'm not climbing the ladder so I can be halfway there. I don't want to, quote, see heaven. I'm trying to reach heaven. And there's a difference. Amen. Amen. OK, stand up on your feet.